from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. UNC gets, I would say, their first test from the top end of the ACC this weekend. ACC specifically. They've had top end tests. As you heard me before the break, uh, North Carolina has the opportunity tomorrow against Clemson, number 16 in the country, although they lost to Miami, so that that the next rankings that will likely be lower. Um, but North Carolina has the opportunity to tie Houston, Purdue, Arizona, and Wisconsin for the most quad one wins in the nation. Now, I want to explain what a quad one win is, but it's complicated. Basically means a really good team, right, as decided by numbers. Bunch of stats. It's algorithms. I, I hear that word a lot. Equations. Uh, but they decide that, you know, teams are, are a quad one and they're not quad one. They're up and down. They're up and down. North Carolina, if they get a win against Clemson, will have four quad one wins, which are the best type of win. And and that is the stuff that starts building a resume and starts shooting up your ranking. That's probably the three quad one wins, probably why UNC is already up to number eight in the country. country excuse me. So let's look at Clemson. Clemson is a really good team. And I don't know if they're getting the respect that they deserve in the loss to Miami uh, in their most recent game is going to make it more difficult to get the respect they deserve. Um, P.J. Hall is legit. Like, I'll put it this way. Um, Clemson is coming off a loss to Miami, but even in that game, they scored in the 80s. The UNC rise as of late has as has had as much to do with their defense and their ability to limit the other team as it has anything else. So they're going to get a real test. Like, you're, oh, your defense is legit. Your defense is improving. You think that's why you're playing so well? Well, let's send the second leading scorer in the ACC at you in P.J. Hall. And, oh, by the way, this guy Joe Girard is a walking bucket and averaging over 15 points also. I have some stories about Joe Girard. Putting your time when he was in Syracuse? Oh, yeah. No, not in Syracuse. Oh. High school. Oh, high school. Oh, okay. This guy is (laughs) – I only know this because I was working in upstate New York at the time and the, the, like, press releases would come out. I kid you not, he averaged, like, 50 points a game in high school. And I'm not exaggerating with 50. He might be the nation's leading scorer in high school history. He – I'm, I'm like – he was a superhero. He was a multiple-time state championship winning quarterback, and the guy scored like 5,000 points in, in high school in basketball. It, it is – he is the stuff of – he's like Paul Bunyan in upstate New York with the, the total number of points that he had scored. It is completely and totally outlandish. Games of 70, 80 points scored were kind of routine. And he went to Syracuse because upstate New York kids, it makes sense. It's up there. Your parents, your friends can all go see you play. But I remember thinking, I wish he would go to a little bit more up-tempo of a, of a school where he could get up and down, where he could knock down some jumpers because the kid can flat-out score. And, and he went to a small school. Don't get me wrong. It's not like he was playing in, you know, 6A in, in you know, the biggest basketball conferences in the, the, the country. It wasn't that, but he had all the big schools recruiting him. Like, they were all coming to his tiny little school because he he just didn't miss. 
and that is talking Joe Girard from the Clemson Tigers. But he gets to go to Clemson where they do play a little bit more up-tempo, where he does have some other legitimate scores. I'm waiting for him to have one of those games where the the, the hoop looks like a hula hoop and, and he's throwing things in from all over the place. I guarantee you it's coming, and it's North Carolina's uh, test to not let that happen, right? To guard the big guy down low, P.J. Hall, the 6'10", uh, you know, really talented big, and not let that attention leave a guy like Joe Girard wide open. Which, by the way, uh, P.J. Hall is respected by the players. Armando Baycott and his media availability basically was like, yeah, I'm glad he's getting his due. He's been good for a long time. Now that he's, you know, getting some accolades and getting some buzz, Armando Baycott's like, yeah, huh. We've known how good he is for a while now. Those of us that have to guard him, not a surprise to us. And uh, he's going to have to guard him again this weekend. It's a good test for UNC. Right? It's, it's you know, I, I probably should have said this. P.J. Hall is the second leading scorer in the ACC. R.J. Davis is the leading scorer in the ACC. He's obviously a, a Tar Heel. So it's like, cool. R.J. Davis can get his, but can you stop P.J. Hall from matching it? And you know who I think might get the assignment? I might throw I might throw Harrison Ingram on him. He has six, the length. Six yeah. seven, but you're right. Little little wingspanny. And that would fall right into the category of what we've been talking about with Harrison Ingram, which is all right, coach, what's the most important thing we have to do to win this game? I got you. Right? Oh, we need to knock down threes. I'll hit three of them. We need to rebound. I'll get 15 of them. We need to stop P.J. Hall. Which one is he? The tall one? Got you. I kind of want to see it. Because I know, like, like Baycott, obviously, like you, you have some size to throw at P.J. Hall if you need to. But I'm always down for seeing what Harrison Ingram can do. I'm always down. I'm, it's, it's become like a weird little uh, like Easter egg for me, watching every North Carolina game. Is like, all right, what big impact is Harrison Ingram going to have on this one? How is he going to make the team better in a way that is or is not in the stat sheet? Obviously, 15 rebounds is, but some of his defensive contributions aren't. Some of the, the diving for loose balls, hustle stuff, some of that's not in the, in, in the stat sheet, and he, he does all that also. Defense is where Carolina has improved most over the last four games. And now Since that loss to UConn. Now you're facing a high-scoring team with a couple of legit scores in Clemson. There's the challenge. There's the test. And I'm here for it. And, you know, Clemson, I don't think they'll fall out of top 25, even though they lost to Miami. They're 16th now. Uh, it's a top 25 matchup. It's quad one opportunity. Mm -hmm. Those matter in college basketball way more than I think they should. I chose William Peace because of the personalized education it offers, which allows students to truly know their professors. It's really possible to make genuine connections with your professors and learn intentionally here and dive deep into what you're passionate about. A 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu. More great news for carry commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, where getting there is just a tap away. 
elsewhere in the ACC, UVA at NC State. To me, this is one uh, for State, right, looking at the team from the triangle. They need to bounce back from a super emotional game with a well-played low-drama win. That's what I'm looking for. NC State just played Notre Dame, beat them at the buzzer in a very talked-about game. You know, it's it's it wasn't a pretty game. It wasn't a highlight-filled game, except for the the, the end there with with DJ Burns. But I want I'm trying to count now in my head. Three or four different people hit me with, "Did you see the state game? Did you see the state? Like it was a game that permeated through." Like the the casual fans in the triangle. Did you see the game? And and the reason why is because it's an emotionally exhaustive game. Right? The 54-52 win at the buzzer. That is a laborious, that is a tedious, that is an exhausting game. You can't do that to your team game in and game out. You play that game like four or five times a year and your team is is exhausted and looking for a break. You, you can't do that every single game. So in this one, actually, you know, I'll, I'll take a step back. It's good to know you can do that. It's good. To, it's confidence. It's uh, if you get, if you're caught in like, you know, an ACC tournament or, or a big dance game where it's ugly and it's gross and it's tiring. It's good to have that in your your history to be like, all right, we know what to do here. We've been here before. But that is a game you try to do as as little as possible. You don't want to make it a routine, you, like a regular it, thing. It's it's living on the edge. It's not playing well. Like quite frankly, even yeah. though you won, you didn't play well. You don't want those things to become those things to become habits. And if you look at Virginia, guess what? Notre Dame just beat Virginia by double figures. Blew them out. You beat Notre Dame with your or sorry, yes, you beat Notre Dame with borderline your worst game. You shot 28%. shot 17% from three. Like, you beat them with your worst game. So you, And they beat Virginia by a bunch. So now Virginia, at, a, at your place, coming to your home court, you should take care of this one, right? This is one you should win and, and you know, have neither team. This is a good way to judge if, if this one is a success. If this one is a success. If neither team fouls at the end, right? Because you know there's that, like, seven, eight-point barrier where if you're winning by at least that, the opposing team's coach won't foul with, like, two minutes left to try to elongate the game. They'll just be like, right, maybe if we hit a three, we'll, we'll jump into a press or something here. Like, NC State should be able to beat UVA with how UVA's playing and, and the talent we know NC State has. They should be able to beat them without either team fouling at the end, right? There's neither team should be trying to extend it for another chance. They've been shooting. State's been shooting roughly forty-five percent from the field on the season. They shot twenty-seven point something percent from the field against Notre Dame. If they get back to forty-five percent or or near there, or I mean, if you're really being uh, greedy with your expectations, significantly above there, they should be okay. Right, they should be able to uh, get the win, get some guys back in rhythm, have some guys like the the PJ Horns, the Casey Morcells, see a couple of shots from the perimeter go down, open shots, and then get out of there without a, you know, completely emptying all your emotional reserves the way you did after that Notre Dame game. Because, like I said, that game is fun. It's talked about. 
Hey, did you see the state game? Oh, my gosh, did you see DJ Burns? Did you see the up and under? Ooh, ah, yee. But it's not something that can become part of your repertoire uh, that you use often. Right? It's, for most of us, it's like a three-wood when you're playing golf. Right? Unless you're a really good golfer, right? Unless, ironically, unless you're like the best UVA teams of the past 10 years that really do love playing ugly 54-52 games, unless that's like, uh, no, I hit the three-wood like John Daly. Unless that's your thing, most of the time you're like, I'm going driver and I'm going irons. Hybrid. Where's my hybrid? I'll work off the hybrid. Duke is on the road at Notre Dame. This shouldn't be a game that gives the Blue Devils trouble. Here's why. The teams that should give Duke trouble are the teams with big-time post players, right? You can only sit here and say, and we've done it a bunch, you can only sit here and say that the biggest weakness for Duke is rim protection and defensive bigs so many times before it starts to sound like if you can't take advantage of their lack of rim protection and defensive bigs, Duke should win handily, right? It's 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 a matchup thing here. Notre Dame does have a couple of 6'10 semi-productive bigs that they lean on, but they're far from the, the guys that are circled on the, the scouting report. Their best players are on the perimeter. And a lot of basketball teams in college basketball are built that way. Right? They're built with their strength on the perimeter. Those teams are not the ones that I traditionally fear for this Duke basketball team this year. If you're matching up with Duke, you're very unlikely, unless you're one of a very few handful of teams out there that have you know, super stud perimeters, you're, you're very unlikely to win the talent battle on the perimeter. I believe, and we've seen it a few times this year, if you have some guys that you can depend on down low, you can find an advantage there when you have the ball. Filipowski, I don't think, is going to be at a, at a loss against anybody when he has the ball on the offensive end. But on defense, we've seen him, you know, he's more of a four, right? I don't think he's a true, like, rim-protecting five. He's, he's a power forward rather than, like, a modern power forward rather than a old-school power forward or a modern center. So if you look at the perimeter, Tyrese Proctor's getting healthy. Right, and, and they haven't asked him to do a ton since he's come back from injury, but he is he's getting there. And he's a player that I, uh, Dennis and I were both very high on in the preseason, and we haven't really seen him unlock it yet this year. But he's a difference maker when he, when he gets it going, and, and he's getting healthy, so we're getting closer to it. Roach, very good veteran. Right, If, you, if, if you're looking for weak links on the, the Duke team, you're very rarely going to say, like, oh, we can take advantage of Roach, unless you get him into a switch because he's not the biggest guy in the world and you can take advantage of his size. Then there's Jared McCain and Caleb Foster, who are both really good freshmen and have kind of passed the point of playing like freshmen already. Now, I know the ACC is different, but but McCain especially is, is turning heads. He's playing really well. He's... He's kind of got the Duke thing going where he does some things that people get really mad at him for, but that's, that's you know, comes with the territory, comes with the jersey. And Caleb Foster off the bench is, is a lightning rod. So if I'm looking at Notre Dame, like, who actually, we'll, we'll use another team from the, the, the triangle to kind of set this up. NC State needed a bucket at the end of the game. Who did they attack? Post. Post. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, like, I'm not breaking news here when I say Notre Dame's like team is built outside in and the in is where they're vulnerable. So with Duke also being a team that is built 
specifically when they're on defense outside in. And then Kyle Filipowski, it's kind of, you know, mid-range to, like, I don't know how you – you're building around Filipowski offensively in a lot of ways. But uh, but on the other side, if you don't have a strong post to to throw at them, it's going to be a really difficult situation for, for your team. And, as I said, this – this should be one Duke handles. This should not be one that gives the Duke, Duke Blue Devils trouble. Now, I've said that a few times this year and, and been wrong, but they've been on the buildup recently. All right, I talked about their PR strategy that uh, you know sometimes some Hollywood members might be able to take advantage of. If you catch yourself, you know, your reputation deteriorating, sometimes it's best to just go quiet for a while. Duke did that for about a month. <laughs> right from... from uh, what was it like December third until the the they had the Baylor game there, which was a big nice reclamation project. But other than that, they've pretty much been quiet, and and now they're going into ACC play with with a little bit of a rejuvenation to their their uh, reputation, and they're back up in the top fifteen. Beat Notre Dame, take care of business against a couple others, you'll be fine. Do you think that they keep using Tyrese Proctor off the bench for the foreseeable future, just because that's what he's been doing since he's coming off injury? Caleb Foster still has been starting, but. Foster coming, I'm sorry, uh, Proctor coming off the bench. Generally, if he's also going against guys, uh, reserves coming off of the opposing team, the matchup's in favor of Duke in that regard. Now, I think that, I think you, I mean, you can still keep him at the higher level of minutes. True. I mean, I mean, are we, we, we're talking like the high school coach telling to the, the sixth man, like, it's not about who starts the game, it's who finishes. I mean, I, th- I think Proctor should be playing a lot of minutes. If he doesn't start, I'm not going to nitpick it, but I also I also think um, you get that same advantage against a second unit with Caleb Foster. I don't I don't want to say like oh if Caleb Foster is running your second unit it's a fair fight. Mm-hmm. It's he's he's been really good and actually early in the season when Ty, uh, Tyrese Proctor was playing, some of the best offense was coming from Caleb Foster off the bench. Yeah. Um. So this is probably a once he gets off a you know whatever minutes restriction or once the trainers give him the full like he's. 100% good to go. You move back into the starting lineup. But it's also, you know, it's a good test for, you know, it's a question that should be asked. And it's a question that should be asked of John Shire. And if there is one thing that I would like John Shire to, like, explain to me, which, right, coach, coaches are very rarely like, media? Sure, come see all my inner workings of my playbook. <laughs> right, right. Like, oh, come, yeah, go Let's talk about tape. Go talk about it on the radio where everyone can hear it. But um, I do want to kind of talk to him about the personalities of the players on the team. Because it's something that I thought they were lacking early in the year is that edge, kind of that, that uh, you know, somebody. It looked like they recruited the best players in the country, which they did, but they didn't really get, for lack of a better term, a, yeah, and actually Canes fans will like this, they didn't get any jerks, right? You need one or two, right? You, you need a you need one or two guys with with a little sandpaper. We could talk a whole bunch of hockey cliches here. Um, I want to know if if that question that Dennis just asked, should they keep bringing Tyrese Proctor off the bench, could be answered with a personality question, because it takes us like there's not a lot of Ginobili's out there that are like cool coming off the bench, right? Maybe even embrace coming off the bench. Uh, that that find joy in dominating second units, even if it means I also look like I am on the second unit. Um, I like, and also, you know, 
microwave offense isn't always the the most um like I don't know how to say this available trait for a player coming off the bench and being able to score cold is not like you know starters let's be real about all of this there's not a ton of ACC basketball players at any school that before their college career were coming off the bench right mm-hmm. these are guys that started on their nine-year-old team their 10-year-old team when they were nine started on the 13-year-old team <laughs> yeah like like as freshmen they were starters like that that's what an ACC basketball player looks like so you know when you're used to being you know going through warm-ups getting getting stretched out getting warm going through uh layup lines then going into a game then getting playing and 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 just kind of rolling that out there it's not always the easiest thing so it might be a personality thing so you know, I, I said Tyrese should start, but it it might be I don't know which one's personality is better for coming off the bench. It might be that kind of question rather than uh, an, an easy and quick one like I gave you. At Wake Med MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. 